And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What's up, Raider Nation? Hope you guys enjoyed your turkey day out there. And uh, I know that we did as Raider fans because Raiders beat the Cowboys 36-33. Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast, guys. I'm your host, back with you again, Raider Hart. And in this victory edition of the show, again, the Raiders beat the Cowboys in Jerry's house on turkey day. In a wild one, guys, 36-33 in a game that saw Derek Carr return to form in a major way. Deshaun Jackson makes his impact felt big time with the silver and black. And the Raider defense answers a major question that we had going into the game. But before we break any of that down, guys, obviously, I'd like to remind you to find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Twitter still seems to be the place where most of the action is, although Facebook is trying to catch up. But we'll go ahead and drop our Twitter handle again. That's at silver underscore hack. And uh, if you want to find our episodes, obviously, guys, you know, whether it's this episode or any previous episode that we've done, you can find us on just about all the major platforms, the podcast platforms out there, Spotify. Stitcher, Google Pods, iTunes, Apple Pods, and on and on. Yeah, I think you guys get the point. So always remember, guys, to tell any Raider fans that you know out there, you know, your friends, your family, your coworkers, your associates, you know, people at the sports bar that you like to, you know, joke around with, whoever it may be that's a Raider fan that loves and can't get enough of good Raider content. Make sure to send them our way and, and and have them like, share, and subscribe as well. So keep the party going, guys. But uh want to bring in Raspy Raider here to uh, to talk about this one. And Raspy, it was really satisfying to shut up Jerry Jones and those obnoxious Cowboy fans, you know, in their house on Thanksgiving Day. doesn't get much sweeter than that to stay in the, the AFC playoff hunt. No, it doesn't, man. That's for sure, man. And uh, this is kind of their game, you know. Every thir- every every Thanksgiving on that Thursday, you know the Cowboys are playing. It's been that way for so long, you know. So all we were missing was somebody jumping in the Salvation Army, you know, bell or whatever it is, bucket. <laughs> but, right. What's up, Nation? Happy to be here, man. Um, happy to be coming off a win, man. The three-game streak was – weighing real real heavy and uh i know everybody's thinking it man i know i was wrong i called us you know to get roached in this game and we stood up guys came through man took a uh, a lot of a lot of different things transpired to get this win but you know what a win's a win and uh i'll take it but uh bottom line 
when Carr throws for over 300 yards, we're 6-0. and When he doesn't, we're 0-5. So pretty awesome to see Carr snap back and, uh, and to have a good game. So happy about that. I've been really hard on him, so. Carr was great on Turkey Day, you know, 24 of 39, 373 yards, needed every one of them, 9.6 yards per attempt. We went back to throwing the ball down the field. We're going to get into that. He did have the one touchdown, the one big early touchdown that kind of set the momentum to Deshaun Jackson. He also really, you know, set it off with the 78.7 QBR which is excellent, obviously, in the 101.8 quarterback rating. You know, he did it like he's been doing it when he's been doing it for most of the season. You know, it's been a little inconsistent, but when he's been on, it's looked a lot like this. Carr threw the ball deep. He threw the ball deep early, and he threw the ball deep often and was clutch late in the game, yes, yet again, as he's known to be in the past. That's one thing that even – Car distractors or di- di- what's the word detractors car detractors yeah, haters whatever you want to call them you know nobody can really deny that most of the time if you get car the ball late in the game or overtime he usually does good things that held that held true again in this game and you know Derek Carr really when we needed it when the season was on the line he stepped up and found his wide receivers again Raspy. Well, and damn, it's about time, man, because as much as we can say that if we give him that opportunity late and he can make a play because he does have a lot of, you know, late heroics and comeback wins and stuff. But most of the times, because we're not in those situations, it's because of him, too. So I got to be as hard on him that way as well. I'm not going to sit here and fluff him up too hard, man. This is what we need out of him. This is what we expect out of him, you know. So, like I said, back to it. 6-0 and with 300-plus, 0-5 without it. And when it's been the 0-5, it's been more around 200. So it's been vastly different. So, But we talked about it, too. Throw the ball down the field. And you've harped on me, you know, and I'm like, you're like, we're not getting any separation, and I totally understand. But I also, sometimes you just got to throw the damn ball down the field, man, and just hope for the best. And we saw this week, man, what was it? Anthony Brown had four pass interference calls himself personally, man. I, that guy, uh, he, uh, he had a really, really long, lousy turkey day. So, like I said, I'm not trying to take anything away, but sometimes it's just, it's kind of all or nothing with this team. And we say the majority of the time he's doing it, well, he's only one game above 500. So it's, it's about 50 50. Right now we're at about a, you know, 58 42. So, I need to continue to see this. And what we need to see is him pull us out of these late season collapses. So, you know, or mid seasons, I should say, but I did like what I saw. He did. He did go out there and he, he pushed the ball, which is what we've been stressing him to do. And when you do, man, you have the opportunity sometimes to extend those plays. So I did like to see that two plays of 50 plus yards. Huge. Haven't seen that since, you know, the tragedy earlier in the season and since Mr. Ruggs hasn't been here. So I, I like to see them using, using Deshaun because it was similar to anything Henry Ruggs has done, three catches, one or two yards and a tutty. It's like, that's what we need. We need that ability to push that ball 
and to let defenses know that, hey, you disrespect it, we're going to go over top, and eventually we're going to burn you up. I can't get too excited about the deep balls. I mean, it was great, but there's one factor that I think people are maybe overlooking. You know, if you're just watching the game, it's like, great, the deep ball's back. Where's that been? Well, it's it's just like he said, you know, every game that we've won, he's thrown for 300. Every game that we've lost, we we have not thrown for 300. And the majority of those losses, we saw two deep safeties. And for whatever reason, Dan Quinn went with the old school, you know, single deep safety. And every time that this offense has seen that, cars lit it up. So I need to see them be able to throw deep against two deep safeties before I get too excited about that part of it. But as far as, far as the, huh? Valid point. Valid, valid point, man. Yeah, I mean – I don't know why they didn't mimic what other teams have done. To re- I mean, they've significantly slowed us down. Now, also, Deshaun Jackson got a lot more reps than what we've seen either. I don't know why. I don't know why it took an extra two or three games to get him inserted fully into the game plan. I think that's something that. I mean, if you can't get the ball deep against two deep safeties, having your only deep threat not on the field certainly isn't going to boost those odds at all. One thing that did help, though, that was different in this game that had nothing to do with the the safeties that the Cowboys chose to play was the return of the play action in this game, Raspy. Nine car on play action in this game against the boys, car went nine for 14 for 186 yards. Not crazy eye-popping numbers, but I think for this offense, the return of the play action and, and to see almost 200 yards through the air, almost half of his yardage, to be honest, through the air, um, through play action, I think that was significant. I agree, man. And the run game got going a little bit. You know, we have we had some moments to where you you have to make teams respect that. So, and uh, I think uh, that bodes really well moving forward because you just can't abandon that. Because if you abandon that, I mean, they just allow defenses to just pin their ears back and never question you for a second. So. That can never completely go away. I don't care if your run game is non-existent. You still, it, right. it's just the, the fact of trying to, you know, this is this is a chess match. You're trying to keep the defense guessing. So, so no, I, I, I do like it. I think it was, I think it was a big part of some of these bigger plays down the field too. It was, you know, and, and Renfro, you look up. Renfro ate on it pretty damn good. <laughs> Well, a lot of the Raider receivers did. And, you know, you look up here and Derek Carr is once again leading the NFL in yards, in passing yards. He's on pace for right around 5,300 yards. I don't know that that's going to keep up when the weather gets cold, but that's still, that would be a new Raider record there, obviously, surpassing Gannon's total in uh, 2002 in his MVP campaign. And Jacobs, yeah, the, the run game wasn't dominant by any stretch of the imagination, but for Josh Jacobs in 2021, I thought it was a good Jacobs game for this season. Not, you know, it's still not up to my standards necessarily, but in this game to go to, to carry the rock 22 times for just under 90 yards, 87 yards, 4.0 yards per carry. He got the big touchdown there. And the thing that was important to me, and it's just because we, we've seen it so few times, Raspy, since his rookie year in 2019, we actually saw a 21 yard run from Josh Jacobs in this game. He actually got an explosive run, Raspy. It, I really, I almost had to rewind it to make sure because we just haven't seen it without Richie Incognito in there. But man, that was really special to see. 
I agree, man. I think just systemically it has to happen. We have to be able to – there's too much talent, man. I know we've been hard on Jacobs and just hard on some of the play calling with Drake and everything, but there's just too much talent in that backfield to not get some productivity, man. You just got to get creative, you know, and it kind of comes – you know, it comes back to Carr too, man, because he has the chance to do this. This is how Carr fixes this. Play like your job is on the line each and every week. And get out of your comfort zone a little bit, man. And you have the ability to to run in and out of place in any which way you would like, especially since Cruden's been gone. You probably have even more of that right and ability to do just that. So just get into the flow of the game, man. Call the game how you see fit. I mean, obviously listen to your coaches, but if you see something, you're the guy out there making the calls, man. Like I, We have to be able to trust you to make the right call. You know, and, and it looked like he did that some on his own. Some of these bigger plays, it looked like it was Carr making that adjustment and calling that play. So that's how you get off, man. That's how you win. And and just enough of a running game can make you super dangerous. Yeah, I agree. And Olsen and Morton have got to do a better job of helping Carr when we do face two deep safeties because it's clear to me that it's – Derek Carr doesn't just turn on and off that uh, that sharply. You know, it's to sit there and say when he faces one coverage, he's Kurt Warner, but then when he faces the other coverage, Trent you know, Dilfer. Josh McCown or, or Trent Dilfer or something like that. I just I just find that hard to believe that it's that cut and dry that this guy just cannot play against two deep safeties. Something that now they've lacked the running game in those games too, where, where you that's part of what you do is run, run teams them out, out of it. it. Yeah, but um, it's not other. You know, you have to be able to do something in the passing game against it as well. But for this game against the single deep safety system that Dan Quinn prefers, you know, he's part of that Gus Bradley tree, and you know, the wide receivers just absolutely came up big. We've been hard on the wideouts the last two to three weeks for good reason because we were going stretches where two out of three weeks, one of your starting outside guys was like getting blanked every other every other week was terms of targets and the other guy was getting one catch a game during that yeah. stretch yeah. and it even was, it wasn't just bad it was really bad it was almost non-existent out there to completely on the outside not the case this week at all against the cowboys hunter renfro we've been calling for him to get more reps on the outside and obviously big time fan of the show greg olson shout out to him for listening to the show listened and, and implemented what we asked him to do. And we saw more Renfro on the outside. And, uh, you know, he goes eight for 134, 16.8 average, which is huge for Hunter Renfro. And All career highs, to- man. All career highs, man. This was his day. The only thing that would have topped it off is a nice little tutty to put that cherry on that Sunday. But, no, all career highs, man. Don't mean to cut you off, but – I, man, how can we sit here and scream for this watching it on the couch, man? And when you put it out there, he's just that dynamic as Shifty Hart's been calling this for the last two weeks. Why did it take so long? I don't get it, man. I don't get it either, man. He had a, a, a long, his long was 54 yards, so he can be a deep threat, like we talked about. You know, he's not exactly Deshaun Jackson out there, and and we get that. But he also got nine targets, which is something I've wondered in the past, why he would always hover around four, five, six targets. Just didn't seem like enough for a player that's as dynamic as Renfro can be after the catch. 
and we're seeing that that tick up. And then on Zay Jones as well had easily his best game of the season. And he did score against the Ravens early in the year, but that was just on one play. This game, five catches, 59 yards, just under 12 yards per catch, and he had seven targets as well. I thought Zay Jones was was more than impressive in, in what he was asked to do as well. Big deal, man, because that's not something you would have said at any point in this season. And uh, I think I think Mr. Uh, Third and Renfro must be listening to the show, too, because uh, you were calling him out last week, saying third and what? <laughs> and he came back and showed you Third and Renfro, baby. He's there. He's that guy you got to give that rock to. I just think as dynamic as he is, he has to get the ball in his hands, I think, six to 12 times a game. Period. If you ask me, man, and you got a guy like that, he reminds me a lot of an Edelman. He reminds me a lot of a Stokely, that type of guy who's not afraid to go across the middle. He can run. He's deceivingly fast. He's just ridiculously shifty and can put the best of them on skates. There's no reason not to let him just go and dissect the defense and just make it a problem for whoever it is. Because a lot of these guys in the, you know, in the league, they're used to, okay, we're going to let him against the prototypical you know, you know, big, strong, fast receiver going to take you over top, blah, blah, blah. This guy, he gives you so many dynamics that you just can't really account for. And then next thing you know, he's got you off your game and he's got eight catches for a buck 34. And he didn't even score. But boy, it was he a huge cog in us just moving the ball on a regular. And he still, like you said, got a 54 yard play out of it. So it, you don't have to run four two four three to be able to make big plays, as far as I'm concerned. No, but it, it sure does help. Oh, and Deshaun does. Jackson. Ask Deshaun. <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Jackson showed us again that even at 38 years old, he does not look like he's lost too much off of the off of his speed. He still has the juice out there. Three catches, 102 yards, as Raspy said. Very, very Henry Ruggs like. 34 yards per catch on average 56 was the long the touchdown reception and leads the Raiders this week with an 85.9 pro football focus grade and you know just how impressive was I'm sorry hey hard did he have any other attempts thrown his way or was it three for three I don't have his targets. I don't know if it right were. I dude, it might not have been any. I think he might have caught every ball that went his way, but it just like he's just like that. When it when it does, it counts in their daggers. Well, that's like what Ruggs was in this offense, almost exactly like that. I think and so too. How big was this this uh performance by these Raiders wide receivers to put it in perspective? Well, in this game they had 307 combined yards to their wideouts. And that's the fifth highest total in Raiders history for the wow. wideouts in a single game. So, you know, I, it, if it appeared like that was a big game by the Raider wideouts, it, it was it was absolutely a monster game. Couldn't have come at a better time, at a more important time with the season on the line. And for some of them older, little older school Raiders, we had a couple guys by the name of Mr. Tim Brown and uh, James Jett, who are out there just dogging guys on the regular. So for that to be top three, that's saying something right there. Jerry it's Rice was top five. Jerry Rice was helping with some of that, too. But, you know, when Tim, Tim Brown and Jerry Rice got together, man, it, the, 
the right boy or whatever it was 35 plus because back then they were dinosaurs you know what i mean and they were just killing it so that, well, that's, look at, those are some big numbers look at jackson at 38 and um renfro and jackson also speaking of rice and brown or rice and you know james jed or whoever it might have been back in the day renfro and jackson Combined for 100 yards each, two Raider wideouts in the same game at the 100 yards. It's the first time since 2016. I think you guys know the pair that did it that year, Coop and Crab. And I know that 2016 is a year that brings a lot of good feelings, a lot of good memories to Raider fans. It's good stuff, man. Man, that's yeah. good stuff. Clutch, clutch performance by the Raider wideouts. You know, this is kind of off the subject here, but. Did you see that this is that that was the most watched NFL game of any sort of any kind since 1990? Really? That was the yeah. highest rated Man. NFL game since 1990. That just tells you right there, man, that like there is something and that's the thing nation, you feel it too, man. There's something about being, you know, that guy, you know, being that team, you know, it's the Cowboys are one of them. The Raiders are one of them. I mean, it's still, you know what I mean? It's still so significant. When those two guys, those teams, those two teams play, man, people want to see it, you know? I wouldn't be surprised at all the next time the Raiders are at Dallas that they that they make sure the NFL odds and schedulers, I was going to say odds makers, but schedulers, I wouldn't be surprised if they send us back there on Thanksgiving Day again in four or eight years, whenever that is. With those kind of numbers, I mean, 38, over 38 million, 38.531 million people. Thought I thought I heard something about people boycotting the NFL or something like that. That apparently didn't didn't take uh, didn't take hold. Um, <laughs> That's a tough one to not watch right there. Two iconic franchises on Thanksgiving Day with everybody, you know, gathered around. It was a recipe for big time success. Big time number for the NFL. Um, this is something else I wanted to ask you about, Raspy, that I think is very strange that has sort of surfaced. I saw this a couple of weeks ago. didn't pay any attention to it or any mind to it whatsoever. You know, it's more into the realm of sports superstition, which I've never been that big in. You know, I have to watch, watch the game in the same Bo Jackson jersey that I did last week because we won that kind of thing. You know, I've never. Are you have you ever been, have you been big into that that kind of stuff, the sports superstition type of angle? There's been times, man, where I've been like, "Hey, man, this is working, so I'm gonna stick with it," <laughs> but never to the point where it consumes everything. Right. Well. I'm, I'm, yeah, I guess you could sort of say I'm the same way. I may, you know, sit in the same recliner again or something if we're on a hot streak, but I've never been too big into it. Have you seen this, this whole thing where this, uh, some Raider fan on Reddit did a coin flip? <coughs> Have you seen no. this? Robert? You all right? Excuse me, guys. I apologize. No, I have not. Yeah, it's wild here. So some Raider fan on Reddit, before the season, it's dated and everything else, so this isn't faked. I mean, he posted it at the beginning of the season. Some Raider fan on Reddit flipped a coin for every game to predict the season, and he's gotten, so far, every one of them has been correct. 
What? And it predicts that we're going to get in the into the playoffs with a ten and seven record. It predicted every single game, the three game losing streak, the three game winning streak to start it off, the loss to yes, the loss to the Bears, yes, the loss to the Giants. He predicted all of that. He predicted winning in Dallas. He predicted everything. And it's, I mean, 100% accuracy so far. What do you make of that? I, I still can't read too much into that, man. But I guess that, you know what's funny, though, is I guess you can in a sense because it seems like this this year in this league is the has been the most tossed-up league year you've ever seen. It seems like every game is a damn coin flip because you have teams winning have no business winning. Teams losing have no business losing. So, you know what, man? If he's 11 out of 11, it's kind of hard to argue with. <laughs> but but if we get to 10 and 7, I feel we do make the playoffs. That should so, get you in in this AFC. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's that what I think. So, if, if that does – so, where's he at next week? Uh, I'm curious yeah. – I think he's got us winning next week. I don't. I don't have the screenshot here in front of me. I don't. I think he's got us beating Washington, losing to the Chiefs. I I forget exactly how it, it he has it going the rest of the way, but it all adds up to us winning ten games, going ten yeah. and seven, and getting oh, in. I think he. I think with the seven seed is the way that it broke out. So if that's what it takes what? to get the Raiders, if it takes a, if it takes coin flips and Ouija boards or whatever else to get the Raiders back to the postseason okay, for the first time since 16. I sign me up, sign Sorry, me up. For you, you threw that at me and it like kind of caught me back and I started to almost laugh and then I started to choke. <laughs> I like, oh. sound like I was going to die on air. Yeah, I was worried, uh, man. I didn't know. Are you okay, man? Like, call some emergency I, services I or what? I, I didn't really know how to take that. Man. It like sucked it air out of me in and out at the same time. I don't know how that worked, but so I apologize for being near choking to death on, on air here nation, but Hey man, like Hart said, I don't care what it takes, man. Get us into the damn playoffs somewhere where we haven't been in five years. I, to tell you the truth, I could really care less how it came. I, I did not see us winning this game. Statistical analysis didn't see us winning this game. Wow. But no. that's another thing, though, about this game is that you just never know. So go beat Washington up. We'll talk about that, you know, obviously some more. But whatever it takes, man, I don't care. I just – I love the fact I, – I, I had, like, three dynamics of how I felt pregame. Obviously, I was wrong. But and there's, there's ways in my pregame where I didn't think we were wrong. Where I don't think I was wrong. I said – you got to take it to these guys. You got to smash mouth and play hardcore football with these guys and try to take it to them. Well, I feel like that's what we did, you know, and then that's what led to us. And then I look at it like right after the game and I'm like, damn, man, took all these penalties just to win this damn game, you know, so I have all these different emotions. And then I look at it today and I'm like, man, we scored 33 and we won. Carr got off. He won. You know, our receivers got off and started moving. Maybe that can be something to shoot us forward here in our trajectory so like i said man when i call a loss i'm not hoping i'm right i'm hoping i'm wrong but i'm gonna call it straight i'm gonna call it like i see it and i wasn't seeing us 
coming out there showing that we could throw up 30 plus. And I know people, a lot of people are going to call like, oh, this was a Dallas collapse, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's correct. I think we can hang points on any team in the NFL at any given time. It just depends on what, what, uh, version of our offense shows up. And it, and it's clear as day. I mean, look at the stats. Like I said, I'll go back to and harp on them too, man. You throw for 300 yards, you win. You don't, you lose. So I think that's a roster issue, though. I, I've well, said this I for get years. That, but I get that. But if it were me, though, I mean, hell, it wasn't. I mean, it was a roster issue in a sense. But even Zay Jones got a little bit of run. And, you know, we had over 300 yards from our receiving core. So throw the ball down the field, man. Let the chips fall where they may. We have nothing to lose. Car play like your job is on the line because it is. And you know what? Look what happens, man. You come out with a W. So. You just shouldn't have to, if you're, if you built a football team to where your quarterback absolutely positively must throw for 300 yards to win the game, anything short of that, it's an L your roster. That's just not, that's, that's not going to cut it. I mean, and I I totally feel you there, but at the same time, in today's NFL heart, how many teams win when their their quarterback doesn't throw for 300 yards? Brady just won yesterday with, you know, just one on Sunday. It, it happens like you, that's not a recipe for success to where your quarterback has to throw for 300 yards in the winter blizzard. Any, I've been, well, that's been my problem with the Raiders, but that's been my problem with the Raiders roster ever since Reggie McKenzie, to be quite honest. I've said it for the, I've said it since then. And I like Derek Carr, but I've been screaming from the mountaintops and I'll go, I guess I'll go ahead and do it again. You can't have a team built to where it's pretty obvious to where Derek Carr cannot be your sole re- reason for winning and losing games. If you want to get to a Super Bowl or even just the playoffs, it hasn't and been I- sustainable. I get it, but bottom line, we can't argue that that's exactly where we are. Well, I, I, it is, but it's just that's a, to me that's a roster problem. If we're still trying to win, because people talk about we're still, you know, eight years we're still trying to win with the same quarterback, and that's true. But I, I could also say that we're also still trying to win in a way that's been proven to be not be. The Titans understand that if Derrick Henry is healthy and their defense is playing well, that what wins games for them, they can win games multiple ways. And, you know, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to throw for 300 yards and they can still win games. Their defense, their running game can do it. The Raiders have have just been insistent on building a team to where Derrick Carr has to outscore everybody every week or else we don't win. He's not allowed to have an off game. And that's just poor roster construction. And, you know, the offensive line this week had some decent moments on the ground and really overall were pretty good. But I have to say, Raspy, Colton Miller had a bad game in that in, in, in this one. Um, Micah Par- Mika Parsons basically just terrorized him in this game. That kid's impressive. Parsons has kind of been terrorizing everybody in this game this year. So, I mean, he is a different sort of animal. He can – at his size, it's amazing how he can stand up tackles. It's it blows my mind. He is so powerful. It's guys his size usually don't have that power, and I think he surprises guys and flat out just puts guys on skates sometimes because he is that powerful. So, bottom line, it wasn't enough to overtake and and put Carr so far behind the ball or so scared that he what couldn't run and do his thing. So. 
hey man, that that is a young buck in this league who is going to be causing problems for people for a long, long time. And as much of a mountain as Col- Colton Miller has been, it's hard for me to be too hard on him. But you're right, though. I mean, he did. He took he took the game to him. But he also kept him away from Carr's blind side enough for Carr to make some real big plays. So, I just wish the Raiders would draft like some of these other teams. Now, I, I remember we talked about Parsons. I don't even know if this was. It may have been on an episode. It may have just been chatting off the off the air. But you know, he had some really weird and troubling. Yeah, stuff he had some weird stuff going on, dude, in college. But they ignored it. They, they didn't go yeah. to these quote-unquote character guys, and he, yeah, it, so it was, far it's turned it was, off just fine. It was pretty sketchy stuff, man. <laughs> it was, but my so, point is, I don't that, know. I get what I know what you're saying, but it wasn't like it wasn't like he partied too hard and. You know, made some guys do some things or something, or had his teammates following him around at the party scene. It was a little deeper than that, so it was a little scary. It but, was scary, but how did it work for us when we drafted all these button-down character guys that weren't scary at all? The, none of those guys are even in the league anymore. I, I just wish that the Raiders would take more risks on talent instead of character, instead of trying to f- thread the needle so much that I, I'm, I'm that's well, neither here nor there. It, you've said it before. You can't be judging character on a guy until he's made it. Parsons that's is exactly the, that's a, he's that's another he's another shining example of that Parsons is because all that weird scary stuff in his background I don't want to get into it here. This is a family show but Google it if you want but all that scary stuff. Some of those guys, they get the money and they realize, okay, if I continue doing this knucklehead stuff that almost caught that we had, I had NFL guys ask me some very stern questions about that stuff. And now I'm, you know, they were able to overlook that. And now I'm, I'm established in the league. If I slip up and go back to that again, all this could go away. Some guys go that way too and right. see, you know, they get their money. Okay. I'm not trying to lose this lifestyle to do some knucklehead stuff that I was doing in college that almost had me, my draft stock take a hit. So, you know, I just wish the Raiders would, would chase the talent more. They're not all going to work out and you're going to get criticized when they don't, but ain't nobody criticizing the Cowboys right now for that selection. No, nope. you're right. I get it. I guess that's There's a little some... bit off of the, off of the topic you're here. completely right though. Yeah, it just it just irks me sometimes. But did you see anything else at the Raiders' offense in this game that caught your eye? No, nah, man. Other than just more command, you know, it felt like Carr had command, and and when he does, man, it is a beautiful thing because he can make some really good stuff happen. That's what drives me the craziest is that I can see this. I from you know week to week or after a skid, whatever it is. There's times where he can just command this offense like an orchestra, you know, and then there's times where it's just a complete and utter, you know, what storm. So it's crazy, but when it does come together and it does work, man, it's a beautiful thing. So we need to work, we need to work at getting him some more help on defense and just creating this defense that can just, because if he is going to stay around, you better build a damn good, you know, damn good defense and just continue in that direction. So I think we all see that. I'm a car guy, and look, I'm the I've been the first one saying this. We can't have a, a team build if we want to do anything serious. If we want to do anything special, anything that that are the Raiders of our fathers' generations, the stuff that they did routinely. 
I don't know that you can have a team where Derek Carr, like it, the fate of the world rests on Derek Carr's shoulders good, for good or bad. We've seen that. He's good at times. He's bad at times. And he needs a roster around him that's able to, okay, Derek Carr doesn't have it this this game, so we're going to shut you out. Derek Carr doesn't have it this game, so we're going to run for 250 yards. We haven't built that kind of a roster yet. It should be obvious by now. If Unless you have a top five quarterback, a Hall of Fame-type quarterback, you know, it, that's, you, you need to, you need to build it that way, but you want to break down the, the Raiders defense at another good, but sort of up and down performance by the Raiders defense again. Let's do it, brother. After a short break here, we're going to get into exactly that. The Raiders defense, the good, the bad, and a little bit of ugly right after we, Have a short break. (laughs) This break is brought to you by Scream Genius Horror Boutique. They've got a wide selection of horror-themed and related products, guys. They've got really everything. They've got horror-themed apparel, bedroom sets, pillow covers, car seat covers, windshield covers. They really have it all, guys. For the ladies in particular, all the horror-loving ladies out there, they've got dresses, crop tops, sweatshirts, jackets, leggings. They really do have a wide selection for the ladies. And the fellas, they haven't forgot about you guys either. We know a a lot of guys in Raider Nation love horror. And for you, they've got sweatshirts, Horror Hawaiian shirts, button-down shirts, bomber jackets, baseball jackets, hoodies, and more. Myself, I just went on there and grabbed a really cool Freddy Krueger baseball jacket. It actually kind of looks like it was made from Freddy Krueger's sweater. I mean, it's just just so cool, man. It's off the hook. Keeps me real warm here in spooky season. The, The weather's a little cooler these days, and it's up to the task. They've also got the goths covered as well. I know that there's a lot of members of Raider Nation that are goths. They've got you guys covered as well, both men and women. And speaking of Raider Nation, that's how I found these guys. The the owner, guys, is actually a major, major Raider fan. And I know here at Raider Nation, we support our own. So, Nation, head on over to Etsy.com and search for Scream Genius and see what all the five-star reviews are about. They, They have very very reasonable shipping times as well you know that's going to be important with the holidays coming up guys so head on over to scream genius on etsy.com or at etsy.com and when you check out guys use promo code scream 77 for a nice discount they'll hook you up so head on over to screamgenius.com over at etsy and uh, make sure to tell them that the boys over there at silver and black hack sent you Scream Genius, the place to get your horror fan cred. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I'm your host, Raider Hart, back with you after the break. And I'm back also with Raspy Raider. And we're ready to break down the Raiders' defense in this game against the Cowboys. Again, Raiders win in a wild one, 36-33 in overtime. 
I don't know how many overtime games this team wants to play this year, but we're winning them, so I guess we'll take it. But you know, I, it was a it was a case like most of the Raiders' defensive performances this year, Raspy, where you know, for all you Western fans out there, old school Westerns, a little bit of good, bad, and the ugly with this defense just about every week, mostly good, but there's always a little bit of bad and there's also a little bit of ugly in there. It seems like every week, but to start with the good raspy, I thought that the Raiders defense really answered a question that we, not just the two of us had, but most of the football watching world had going into this matchup is can this defense, could this defense possibly slow down Ezekiel Elliott Pollard in the in the Dallas rushing attack and my I'll just be real I did not have high hopes in that regard and a lot of other people didn't either we questioned Hankins we questioned some of this stuff all season in the run defense department and rightfully so but in this one Raspy they held up they held the fort Pollard 10 carries 36 yards 3.6 yards per carry Absolutely, positively not going to hurt you at all there. But even bigger, Raspy, Zeke Elliott, nine carries, 25 yards, 2.8 yards per tote. We've been hard on Jonathan Hankins. We've been hard on him for most of this year, even last year at some at various points for you know his limitations as, as a pass rusher. But at least in years past, we could depend on him as a run defender. This year, that has not been the case. Boy, was that the case. He returned to form in a big way right when we needed him to on Thanksgiving. Oh, and I've been hard on this man. <laughs> I've, been hard on, I've been hard on this man. I've been hard on this rush defense. And it was big, man. It was big. So, you know, to come out there and stop that run was huge. It changed the whole dynamic of the game. I think, for my money, that that's Hankins' best game of the season, hands down. I mean, well, I, I agree. He had major impacts uh, controlling the line of scrimmage. It makes you wonder if he can hold up against this rushing attack, why he couldn't do that against some teams that are less physical up front and with less talent in the backfield. But he did it on, on Thanksgiving Day, so we'll take it. And Denzel Perriman, I thought, again, Raspy, he's been hyped up as a big-time run-stopping linebacker, and boy, did he live up to that hype on Turkey Day. I love me some Denzel Perriman, man. What a – kind of what we thought we were going to get in Bukowski, you know? And right. he has given us way more. And, man, even get a little better in coverage. I'm going to give him that a little bit. But as far as having just – being that bulldog and just hammering the run, he's that guy. That is that man. So I love me some Denzel Perriman. He looked this, phenomenal. This is the game we needed the run defense to show up because they could have ran us right out of the building easily with the with the type of personnel that they had. And you know, it I don't think that Coach Bradley has asked this defensive front to stop the run much this year. I think that that was sort of part of the plan to solve the pass rush woes. Go get in Gawkway. Let's get Max Crosby up to the potential that he has. Let's get a couple, three techniques that can get after the quarterback and just turn them loose. First down, second down, third down. Get after the quarterback. Get upfield. Get after the quarterback and stop the run on your way to the quarterback. Where last year we were doing the building the wall and that kind of stuff. 
So I don't think that Bradley's asked this defense to stop the run this year. I think that's been a secondary focus. The main focus is getting after the quarterback, which has worked like a charm. But you got to give them credit when they're called on it in a game where pretty much the game plan sort of rested on that. It was good to see the Raiders run defense turn in their best performance of the season. Right. And I mean, the defense as a whole, I mean, there's some spots and we're going to talk about that, but I mean, again, we spotted them a touchdown on special teams. So the defense held a really prolific offense under 30 again, and an offense that had came off a really tough loss and knew that they had to win. They were in the same position we were. They had to win. You know, now it's not as pressing because their division kind of sucks, but they still, as far as being contenders and as far as being in that conversation, they had to win. Seeding, it was big for them. Yeah. So, and they weren't supposed, they weren't supposed to lose to us. So just that alone, man, the defense came through yet again and gave us opportunity after opportunity, man. And I just, I love this defense, man. Even when there's guys that we can pick apart, even when there's guys that are like not normally ones we hammer on have rough days, we found a way. And you know what? That's what it's all about, man, is guys stepping up and doing their role, handling their business, and figuring out ways to win games. That's what it all comes down to, man. We talked about it earlier, man. This could be a coin flip any way you look at it. Ultimately, that's, you know, 11 guys on one side, 11 guys on another trying to make sure that they do their job. And not everybody's going to be perfect every game. Uh, God forbid that could ever happen. But, yeah, love the way, you know, the way we responded against the run was huge, man. It was huge. You mentioned the the 100-yard return, punt return, or kickoff return for a touchdown was a backbreaker, but it, it helps when you hold that explosive Dallas NFL, you know, coming into the game, that was the NFL's leading scoring team. That's what I'm saying, man. You held them to 30, man. I mean, well, well we held them to that? 19 points through three quarters. You know, there's right. this thing, there's this weird thing that the Raiders defense does where they play really good top 10 caliber ball for three quarters, and then the, the wheels start to fall off a little bit in the fourth quarter, but uh, Ngakwe was big again with the sack on third down as a clutch sack. The yeah. offense didn't take advantage, but Ngakwe, the league leader now in pressures, and second is Crosby. Been dominant, man. 56 and 55 apiece. It's just so crazy to look at the NFL pressure list and it's, just to see one Raider at the top would be you, you have to do a double take. But the top two is are Raiders. The oh, top two pressure, it, it's just – what do you say, Raspy? What do you say? Man, I'm going to blow you guys' mind here in a bit and probably piss a bunch of people off, but it's it's impressive. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it too. I, I need – I feel like one of those guys has made those effective pressures a lot more significant. Some – Hart and I have talked about, and I know Hart's working on a on a plan for that as far as what effective pressures truly mean. But um, and I'm not downplaying that in any way, shape, or form. But Ngakwe has been on fire. Max has been on fire too. You just getting home. You see what getting home does, man. It'll stop a drive dead in its tracks. And it stopped that drive. The offense didn't do. 
enough with it to end the game, but the defense did its job. And uh, Crosby could get home more, though. The thing about Crosby, it seems like now he's a guy who his, his pressures are steady. But his sacks come in bunches. His sacks, they, do. they absolutely they do. Three, then he'll go a month with one or two, and then he'll get three or four. So, what would you rather have? A guy that they both give about the same pressure rate, and Gakwe's pressures have been a little bit more effective lately. I'd love to chart early in the year. I think it may have been the other way, but lately it's been in Gakwe's pressures that have been more oh, effective. For sure, been. Way and heavy and in Gox and Jan's favor. I I don't know, man. I mean, that's I I want them both to be us. So I want it to be right where it is because I feel like pressures are eventually are going to become effective pressures, you know. And it's just it's just that getting home. And when you got two guys that get home like they do and affect the pocket, man, it I feel like it's just it's just gonna bode well for the future. But but you gotta get home. You gotta get home. Those are, like you said, man, those are those third down drive killers that shut things down, man. I mean, you could be pressuring all day long, man, and if you're nipping at his heels, but he's getting it off every time and he's getting yardage and getting first downs, man, it really doesn't mean anything. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's tough. It's tough, man. It's it's it's, it's splitting hairs. I get it, but. I want effectiveness. I want drive killing pressure and I want takedowns. You know what I mean? And Gakwe suddenly on pace for right around 12 and a half sacks this year, which I think would approach, if not tie his career mark back in Jacksonville a few yeah, years I think back. It was 12, so. I think it was 12 and a half or something. And you know yeah. what, man? He's the kind of guy that can go off and have a two, three, four sack game. So. He's turning same the ball Max, over. Same with Max. Same with Max. Like even almost even more so with Max because he said his punch, his punches come in bunches, man. So keep it coming. But I'm gonna be critical and I'm gonna be hard nosed on you, man, because we depend on you guys a lot, dude. This was this was blank last year. So I get it. You guys are doing your thing, man. And I, I know we're probably super hard on you both, but we're coming off of two, three seasons in a row where we were the worst at applying any pressure, let alone getting any sacks. So we're going to be critical, man. And you know what, Max, you're going to get a big contract, bro. And I want you to be able to to get that. Don't get me wrong. But I also, I'm sorry, six to nine sacks a year ain't it. I need 10 to 15. So I know that sounds super critical, but that's just the way it is. That's the NFL today. It is. And, you know, going back to the Raiders' defense, their their tendency to sort of lose their water late in the fourth quarter or in the fourth quarter, they held the Cowboys in check, but they do end up letting Dak in the passing game get going late a little bit. Dak Prescott. On the day, 32 of 47 for 375 yards. Man, the numbers in this game. Eight yards per attempt. He had two touchdown passes. The red zone defense for the Raiders continues to be something of an issue. But we held him down to a below average 46.5 QBR to go along with this 106.3 quarterback rating. I thought that we pressured him pretty well. He looked un uncomfortable. We got him off his spots. 
he was unusually inaccurate in, in certain spots. But he did find his receivers, his two backup receivers. You wouldn't know that they are backups if you just look at the numbers. Michael Gallup had a big game. Five catches for a buck 06, 21.2 per catch with a, a long, a big play of 41 yards. I th- and then on the other side, Cedric Wilson, you know, very Amari Cooper-like. Seven catches for 104 yards, 14.9 We'll call it 15 yards per catch. I thought, Raspy, this is a rare game where Casey Hayward was bad, and he's been spectacular this season. He's been Pro Bowl caliber and should make the Pro Bowl this season. If he doesn't, they're just hating on him because of his age. But in this game, he, his press was really bad. He got beat deep by Michael Gallup on more than one occasion, and it was in the second half where he was giving these plays up. What do you think happened with Casey Hayward against a, a matchup that he should have handled, to be quite frank? I don't, you know what, man? That's that's, that's a tough one because I don't know. He has been so sound. So, so dominant sound. Almost. And, and, I mean, yeah, dominant, really. So, hey, man, everybody has a rough day is what I'm going to chalk that up to. Now, he goes and throws that up back-to-back performances and we'll talk about it. But with what he has produced – I'm gonna give him a pass on this one, but yeah, it does. It is a little scary. It is a little scary. It's a little suspect, man. When you got to realize, man, these guys weren't. You know, they're gonna make that excuse too. We weren't marching our boys out there. We didn't have our, you know, our stallions out there, and they still went to work. But I think a lot of that is Dak too, because he's just that good. He's gonna make. He's gonna make everybody, you know accountable for covering their guy, man. And if you're relaxed at base going any kind of way, dude, he's going to burn you. So, like I said, I'm not going to read too, too much into that with Hayward because Mr. K- Mr. Casey Hayward Jr. has been flat out balling his ass off all year. So, definitely not going to be too hard on him on that one. But, you know, and you got to realize, man, some of that's garbage. Some of that's in that soft time. You know what I mean? So, it's tough, man. It was. I mean, you could make the argument that Hayward's been the best corner this year in the AFC, but I, I, I just don't know what happened in that matchup. Um, I expect him to bounce back, though. But on the other side, Brandon Faison also had another really, really tough afternoon, and he ended up getting benched because of it this time, Raspy. And a guy that I was wondering when or if he was going to factor in when they brought him in, and he did factor in when his name was called, and he stepped up and had a very nice showing with, with very little preparation. Number 21. <laughs> when I was going to say Desmond Trufant. Oh, uh, Trufant. I thought Amik Robertson had some really good plays and made some really good noise too. He did, but, you know, for Trufant, that was pretty much his first run of the season with yeah. us. And, you know, he was targeted three times, gave up zero receptions and only a 39.6 quarterback rating allowed into his into his area. That's – that'll do for, for – you know, this is a guy with experience in this system. This is why, you know, I'm assuming – we all assume this is one of the main reasons why Bradley was big on bringing him in after the workout and everything went well. True font, you know, when his number was called, we needed him to step up, and I thought he did. And Robertson as well. I agree, and I, I guess I'm right there with Robertson, as, like you said, in the, in the same regard. 
Um, man, our secondary, I, I think a lot of that just comes flat out down to Ron Milas. It seems like Ron just coaches these guys up to no end, man. And whoever it is, they're ready. Like, you're over here thinking Trufant. I'm over here thinking Robertson. You know, that's a big deal, man. To have a guy like that, I think, and I think a lot of that is just reflective of Mr. Ron Miles. He's going to make sure whoever's out there is ready to be out there. And uh, and his name is on that. His stamp is on that. And But you're right, though. Like you said, man, can't, you can't argue with 0 for 3. <laughs> Way to go, Desmond. I love it, bro. I liked the pick when we got it. Thought that just the – the veteran leadership along with just the ability to uh, to cover was huge. So, man, when did we ever think that we would have, like, depth at the secondary? You know what I mean? Well, what a, wow, what a concept, right? Have depth well, in your secondary. What an amazing thought process. Well, this is why I'm starting to think and agree more and more with and continue to be sort of haunted by – G.I. Joe's question. I'm starting to think that that may be what the Raiders need to do it, unless unless Rich Bisaccia just has an absolute turnaround and gets us to the postseason and wins a game. I just don't know that we can afford to lose Gus Bradley and his staff. I just, I, I'm right there with you, brother. I don't know how you could. At this point, man, with what he has done, dude, it's, it's been second to none. I'm with you. And G.I. Joe was right last week, man. He he is so right. Maybe bring in that. You know what, man? Like, you just saw Lincoln Riley went to USC. Do you mean to tell me I know you can't make that decision now? And I liked that Mark said, I'm not going to make that decision now. We I'm worried about right now. And I get that. And that's the prototypical way to handle that conversation and to deal with it's that. It bothered I'm me. I'm like, damn, man, Lincoln Riley just went to USC. You can't tell me for a second Lincoln Riley wouldn't have loved to come to Las Vegas with some of these weapons and see what he could do. Why you couldn't he might... save that contract for Lincoln Riley instead of giving it to John? And and oh. and you're, you're, you're right about it, Mark. It's great that Mark Davis is, is focused on the playoffs. But my problem with that is this. Mark Davis, you don't have to be focused on the playoffs. You're not a coach. You're not you're not an assistant. You're not a player. You 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 absolutely. I'm hearing reports that you know we're just rebuffing anybody. Look, if Lincoln Riley was one of those, if if it comes out that Lincoln Riley's reps were one of the ones that reached out to say that, hey, I want out of Oklahoma, and I wanted to go to the NFL, just just oh, if if it's him or any names like that, I'm going to be. I agree. I am going to be pissed if I find that out because as the owner, Mark Davis, I don't necessarily want him picking. In fact, I said I. I don't want him picking the next head coach. But if Lincoln Riley or some, you know, special coach with a with a with a with a pedigree called him up and he's like, nah, I just gotta focus on the players. No, you don't, bro. Rich Basaccia, Gus Bradley, Olsen, those guys have to focus on the playoffs. You have to focus you very well better be focused on the future of this organization and right some of the wrongs that you made from the past. So I I, I I like the spirit of it, but he better not have. We better not find out that there is some truly legitimate coach that needed to be interviewed that we just dismissed. Like you know, I haven't heard anything about Lincoln Riley being on that list, but we just better not hear that. I just see that, and I'm like, man, like I feel like Lincoln Riley could be like the next Cliff Kingsbury. I really do. I think that he could have jumped to the NFL, and I'm telling you. 
that if he had that opportunity to say, hey, you could come and have the possibility to coach in Las Vegas for the Raiders, or you can go to USC, depending on how far his, you know, what's dropped from his uh, waistline, he would have probably wanted to go to Vegas. So if if I find that out, like you said, if I find that out or hear some murmurs of that, I'm going to be pissed too. It's just weird. I think we need a young innovator who is going to bring some of that pop that we just have not had, dude. Well, I I brought up Lincoln Riley when we brought in Gruden. And here's the thing. I mean, it's just weird that we heard those, you know, Riley jump ship. And then we heard the same, this report about Mark Davis rebuffing offers from, or inquiries from, from existing coaches. He just, it's just weird to get both of those on the same weekend, you know? And, And the other thing too is, Look at what Baker Mayfield was – the numbers he was putting up in that offense with Lincoln Riley. I, can we at least agree that Derek Carr is better than him? Kyler Murray as well. Oh, Kyler Murray. I think he's better than Carr. But, yeah, Murray as well. But was I mean, I'm just saying you just saw what – you just saw, like, what whenever he had, like, the true talent there. And I think, I think that Spencer Rattler might have been a flash in the pants, you know, and it became too big for him. But – it just seems like no matter who he put in that offense, he could make them shine. So I don't know, man. It makes you makes you wonder a little bit. There's no doubt. The very definition of a quarterback friendly coach. But yep. going back to this this situation, you, you know, we talked about not wanting to lose Milas and Bradley. You know, talking about with GI Joe. Maybe we do need to go out and get and interview some some hot. Uh, coordinator not coordinators because th- those guys carry leverage you know with especially the hot ones they they get their their choice of of who they want their assistants to be they're going to have their defensive coordinator but maybe we need to go out and look at a a really smart really innovative quarterback coach or something under the radar someplace well because- i think we have one in morton i really do let's <laughs> just we do. you know what i mean i really do think we have that in morton but would there were some rumors that, that there was a. Did you hear the rumors before the game? Jason Lock and Fora was talking about that there was a that there was a change at play caller for the Raiders. The game looked a lot like more what Morton would call over what Olsen typically calls. I, I don't have what? any confirmation. I don't, I don't, but, no, I don't. I didn't hear that, but it did kind of. I mean, you sit and really think about it. Then, if Morton, if you'd have told me. If you if, if you told me right now that Morton called that game, I would say, well. I don't think that that was that far out of <laughs> the realm of reality because it did seem a lot different. So it did, and you know the the combined numbers from the wide receivers and all it was different. And how and you going back to Ron Miles? How can we afford to lose Ron Miles when you have you know Morig as a, as a rookie safety? This 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 just blows my mind here. Yeah, he's allowing a catch. Did you see this? No, but I can only imagine where you're going to throw out there because this guy is phenomenal. This Trey guy Perry, is, dude, is just absolutely phenomenal. And I think because of his skill set and the coaching, you know, between Ron and Gus has just figured out a way to make him flourish. This guy, he does he does nothing short of surprise me every single week. Dude. He's allowing a catch. I had to double take at this. Every 113.8 snaps. Jeez. That's leading. That's leading all. Does it sound good? He's that's leading cool. all. 
leading all safeties in the NFL by at least nine. The next closest safety is nine snaps behind that. That's Pro Bowl, baby. I mean, this is a rookie all Pro, pro. Bowl playing all pro, playing in the single high, the hardest position you could play. That's that's why I said last week. I think a guy could play anywhere in the field. You, I think he could play corner if you wanted him to. I just think he's that damn good. I mean, he is just that guy, and he has the speed he has, and just the just the mind and knowledge he has to be able to decipher stuff on the fly like he does and just dissect. It's ridiculous, man. I said it earlier. You take our first and second round picks and flip-flopping, dude, after what has transpired this this year, you would be like, well, damn, the Raiders just killed their first and second round picks. That's exactly why I want the Raiders to change their drafting, though. I'm tired of saying that. Like They could have had Merrick in the first round and another dynamic player in the second round. And it, this they this been a number of years that they've done that. But, you know, is there such thing as a shutdown free safety, a single high safety? I've never heard that term. But well, every if there is, if there is he's it. I catch every 113.8 snaps. That is just mind blowing for a rookie for anybody let alone a rookie yeah for a veteran yeah the next closest guy just bears repeating here the next closest safety is nine snaps behind our rookie single high phenomenon so hell of a job by this rookie and you just the thought of that he may not even have played anywhere near his best football yet is it's a scary thought, but it's scary for the rest of the AFC West, not for Raider fans for once. Yep. So. I know. Thank goodness. Anything else on defense catch your eye? No, man. I mean, penalties were cleaned up quite a bit. We got lucky on the other end. Um, but, yeah, no. I mean, we're, there's one thing. We're going to talk about it here in a second, though. And uh, walk the plank. Yes, sir. May as well just, you know, segue right over to it right now. Who you got? Well, we're going to get into that. And like Hart always says, let's go with the plank before we uh, anoint the captain. Um, This week, for me, who's walking the plank? This might surprise some folks. This might piss some folks off. Max Crosby. It's time you walk the plank. Wow. Word? Man. Max? He's been sitting to five sacks for what? Since week five? It's been a minute. It's, I mean, come on, man. Dude, he had one tackle and one assist. Nothing else on the, nothing else on the stat sheet. And like I said earlier, man, I love his pressures. I love his juice. I don't, but I have, he has kind of, been doing this for the last couple weeks where he's been doing just enough to not even be talked about but here you got Ngakwe looking like somebody lit a fire under this dude and he just is gonna run and get it done and Max hasn't been doing it I'm sorry I know he's I know he's second in pressures I get it I you have to get home man he's been sitting at five sacks I think I, I, I can almost quote it dude it's Bronco game yeah it's been three four weeks so 
I need more out of him, dude. I mean, I know he's steady in the run, but that's not one tackle and one assist ain't telling me you're steady in the run either, even with as good as we played against the run. Now, I get it. He's, you know, probably getting a chip or or 12. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I need more out of him, bro. He's supposed to be our guy. I get it, and Gok is supposed to be there too, but Jan is doing his thing, man, and he is, just seems to be turning up. So whether it comes, like you said, in those punches and punches or whatever it is, but we haven't seen it. And we just came off a three-game skid, and even in this win on Turkey Day, he didn't blow – he didn't burn anybody up. This guy was was not some earth mover. By any stretch of the means. And if anyone wants to argue, we can argue about it. But I need more out of him. I need to see him get home. I need to see him in drives. I need to see that first big burst and step get home and affect it. So I'm putting Crosby out there, man. I know it's crazy. And it's always hard when you, it's hard when you win, man. I'm not trying to dog anybody out. But I mean, damn, man. We just need, we need you to, you saw the yawn sack on the third down that just shut things down. We need more out of that for Max. So you've been sitting on five sacks for about a month, bro. It's time to go get another one. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a problem that I've had with Max last year, to be honest. He's been uh, hands down a better player this year than he was last year, but just need to get the quarterback on the ground a little bit more often, and if he can do that, I don't think that there's anything left to, to critique there. And for me, I also have a surprising name on the plank this week. A, a guy that has not even been considered for the plank at any point throughout this entire season because he's been so good. He's been Pro Bowl caliber. He's been number one shutdown I think you, you that last little bit kind of kind of tipped my my hand there. I got to go, Casey Hayward. It's time you walk the plank. On the plank this week, you know, he he had his worst game of the season by far. I think even him, you know, if you were to get him in an honest moment, he would he would acknowledge that he didn't have his his best game not sure if he kind of let his guard down a little bit mentally thinking okay no coop no cd lamb you know we got this this is going to be kind of an easy kind of a day off on turkey day kind of thing and got surprised i don't i'm not saying i think he's too professional for that to be what happened but look michael gallup beat him pretty bad a couple times beat him deep big big plays in moments where the defense really could have just shut the door and you know we gave the Cowboys life that the kickoff return did not help whatsoever, but that doesn't mean that, that, you know, the defense didn't have to come up and, and stop the Cowboys after that fact. So just a rare day off. I don't expect this thing to, to have any sort of hangover or carryover effect to Washington or beyond the Washington game or beyond. But for this game, especially considering he was facing a backup receiver this is, should have been one of the easiest matchups he's had all season and he just he tried to press he was getting smoked off the line it just wasn't a good performance so we keep it fair here when he's great we've, we've been giving him due praise and he's deserved every bit of it but this game i just felt like he 
I could have gone Colton Miller, but I, I just didn't feel like Parsons dominated the game enough to go that way. And I just felt like, yeah, for those reasons, I, I won't necessarily go over again. Casey Hayward, for just this week and this week only, I have him walking the plank. Hey, man, and I, and I get it, man. Like, if, if you had, you know, Cooper or even Lamb, you know, getting 100 yards on him, and, I, and I'm not taking anything away from Mr. Gallup. But yeah, I think there might have been something to say there, like, ah, maybe he's just, you know. And like I said, and we talked about it earlier, I'm not, you know, we're not going to hammer it or bad it too much. But but I, same thing with Max, man. I mean, it's hard to be too critical of Max, but man, we really need you guys because you guys are the ones that make this whole defense work. So, you know, we're going to be hard on you, man. Right, wrong, or indifferent. So, yeah, it just we need we need more from our two two of our Pro Bowl caliber guys on on that defense. This you know the stretch against um. Why can I never remember the Washington court? Um, Heineke. 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 I always want to say Heineken, and I know that that's. I know. I know that that's not it. I don't want to. I'm telling you right now, I can see. Watch, Mad Max is going to stuff it right in my face because next week he's going to go. He, this Sunday, he's going to go rip Heineke off for like three sacks. Watch. Well, we, <laughs> I, hope, I hope he does. These are the matchups. Oh, by the way, I forgot to ma- mention at the at the top, the, the weird Derek Carr thing continues to be where the Cowboys were, at, again, a top 10 EPA per play defense, and he smoked him. So it's it's the same weird thing again yep. with that. But um, who, who do you have as far as your captain? Man, I got a couple options, man. But I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna just seriously dig in as far as what I felt impacted this damn game. And got nothing but love for you, Renfro. But I'm going to Sean Jackson. You listen to your captain, mate. Yeah. Three snags, 102 yards, big touchdown, 50 plus yards. This is what we have to have, man. We have seen it already that this defense is, or uh, this, I'm sorry, this offense is predicated of just being able to snap off that big play and it'll put defenses on their heels. So when it works, I mean, man, I can I can literally say I almost think that Henry Ruggs week two or three had the same stat sheet. Three catches, 102 to 105 yards and a touchdown. He gives you that opportunity to where you can kind of work it around, but know that each and every single play, if they don't respect it, that we can pop the top right off your defense, man. And that's what Carr needs. He throws that long ball really well. Deshaun, his impact this week, and like you said earlier, reiterated, he's 38 years old, man. And the guy looks like he can still outrun anybody in the damn league. So he is on our team. We went and got him for a reason. Use him. Keep him out there, man. I don't care if it's for a distraction, whatever. If he can go for three and 102 and a tutty every week, Man, we're going to have really good games. So, Deshaun Jackson, man, I salute you, homie. You are my captain of the week. Thank goodness you are here. 
keep building that rapport with Carr, man, and just keep letting him trust you to take that thing down the field and pop the top off this, these defenses, man, and we'll be in good shape. Yeah, he did a really good Henry Ruggs impersonation on the field, obviously, you know, replicating almost exactly what Ruggs used to ideally yeah. give in a good Ruggs game. And, um, Few catches, hundred yards, and a touchdown. Man, that that stuff goes a long way in winning a game. And the ever-present threat of it happening again. It, it with rugs, it was it wasn't just about the three for hundred and five and a score. It was that happened and at any given moment, nah, this could happen again. And if you don't defend it, it will. It changes how teams defend us. And Jackson. You know, this is what we were hoping he could give, and boy, he, he was impressive for a guy who's pushing 40. He looks like he still runs a 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four type of 40 out there, so very impressive. I sure as hell wouldn't want to try to catch him. No, I, I, I don't think I could catch him in a, in a, in a foot rate. <laughs> Better give me about 80 yards. Yeah, it, yeah. Just electric speed out there still. Heads up to, uh, and hats off to, to Jackson for keeping himself in tip-top shape and condition as a, a you know a guy's been in the NFL for a long time has been beaten up for a long time can still run like an absolute gazelle out there so big ups to Deshaun Jackson but I went a different way this is a week where there was a lot of honorable mentions sure I could have went Derek Carr again uh, you know the FedEx air nominee this week and deservedly so I absolutely could have gone to Sean Jackson. I let Raspy go that way, but deserving as all get out. Josh Jacobs had his best performance of the year, just not quite captain worthy. And Gakwe, special tone setter in the pass rush, could always go with him. Desmond Trufant, I just wanted to mention, the, the again, the work that he did coming up off the bench, cold, and, and make some, uh, some really impressive plays on the ball. Perryman was a beast against the run. So... All those guys could have been the, my, my captain this week, but I went with the guy. I like this theme of, of rewarding guys that we've been hard on previously in the season. We did it with Andre James. We've done it with a number of players. And I'm going to go ahead and do it again. I'm going to keep this tradition alive, and I'm going to put Hankins in, in the captain's seat this week. You listen to your captain, mate. You know, I'm not sure that he's ever been in the captain's seat, even going back to last season when he was a much more steady force, at least against the run. But look, I said that defending the run was one of the key aspects in winning this game, and I still feel that way. Had they gotten off on us on the ground, we don't win that football game. And Jonathan Hakins and Denzel Perriman especially, I, I saw us doing some really, really great work against that physical Cowboys running attack. And those, you know, Zeke Elliott, Pollard, those are some talented running backs, guys. And Snacks... He, he, he sensed the moment, he smelled the moment, and, and he lived up to it and controlled the line of scrimmage the way that we the way that we really needed to every week, but he did it in a clutch situation. So for those reasons, and because we've been so hard on him in the past for not quite making an impact against the run, Jonathan Hankins, oh, captain, my captain this week. <laughs> Damn. If you would have asked me to name 10 players that I thought you'd have went with a captain... I would not have saw that, but I I get it. I've been super hard on this man. Like, super, super hard on this man. But I'll give it to him. Okay. You got it, man. Make it consistent, bro. I, I Make it consistent. 
You know what I mean? I want to see you be able to do this kind of stuff. And I hope that as he watches film, he sees that some of the decisions he made, maybe just some of the movements that he made off different setups and lineups that it was big, man. It was huge. To shut down that run game was a major concern. And to see the guy that we trust the most to do that, actually do that, especially as critical as I've been. I'm with it, man. Keep it up. But if you dog ass next week and you go revert back to what you've done, I'm going to jump it real quick. I'm still not on that ship. I get where you're coming from, but... Yeah, just this week. This is just for this no, game. No, and I get it. I get it, and I and I love it. I think it's great. I love it. I love how you're like, you're digging deep, Hart. And that's what Hart's gonna do. Hart's gonna go ahead and he's gonna dig deep, man. He's gonna find you little nuggets that you didn't even notice. You know? He's right, man. And I love it. I, I want, dude. I would love him nothing more than just to turn out to be the run stuff and monster who he used to be. And maybe, you know, maybe a game like this can light a fire under him and show him, hey, man, look what happens when you do that, man. We make teams one-dimensional, and the team can still throw for 375, and we can win if you can shut the run down. So, you know, big. It, was big. it was big, man, and I like the pick. I really do. He can absolutely still make a massive impact on this season down the stretch. One major weakness that the defense has had all year and he did just that on Thanksgiving. So totally agreed. Being dinner after that performance, but yeah. anything else, man? No, man. Just uh, as always, love you, nation. So huge to to get this win to be six and five. I mean, Denver won; they're six and five. But you know what? That actually helped us with because they beat the Chargers. So it is wide open here, man. And. We've got some chances to chomp at the bit here and to put ourselves in a position. So, hey, let's change some of the mishaps and misdirections we've had in the past. And let's try to win a few games. Go win a few games. Would be absolutely monstrous to go win a few games right now. Go win two, three games in a row. You're going to set yourself up completely for the future. What a huge win on Turkey Day. It surprised me. I didn't call it. I called us to lose the game. I'm so glad I was wrong. DC, take the bull by the horse, man. Let's go. Let's go beat up the Washington football team. That team who remains nameless still. Let's go put it on them, man. And let's go to seven and five and start creating some separation. But Nation, love you guys. Thank you guys for all your support. As Hart always says, man, share this with your friends. Put it out there. Let anybody know that has any Raider fandom that we're here and we're going to stay here no matter what. Rain, hail, sleet, or snow, we're going to be here getting it done, man. So we just appreciate you guys. And we hope you all have a great week. Catch us on the pregame show later on the week leading into Washington. And let's get it, man. Thank you guys for everything. Yeah, we'll be back with you later on this week to preview a, a game that worries me to death. Uh, uh, you know, Washington coming into Vegas. Are we going to see another situation where the Raiders play down to a, to a lesser team with, with big money on the table? 
we'll see and we'll be here to, to get you guys ready we'll we'll give you all the relevant information that you need to watch the game with a little bit of a educated eye so to speak so uh make sure to catch us later on this week for that and in the meantime guys be safe again i hope everybody had a wonderful thanksgiving weekend out there hope everybody stayed safe saw friends saw family ate some good turkey and and all that the good trimmings and whatnot but uh back to work with the raiders and back to work with silver and black hack so uh get your questions in there's still time we're going to run that as we usually do for the preview show so uh make sure to get your questions in for ask raspy but until then guys thanks again stick with us and uh, we appreciate all the support out there and in the meantime guys make sure to just win baby <laughs> <laughs>